you know. When you live at home, you catch stuff, don't you? And, you know, I'd wake up to catching my mum and dad reading the Bible. I'd wake up to my mum and dad praying. And, you know, you either go away from that or you, or you get something of it and you really catch it. And, you know, and I caught it at 19 years old. And I believe that how you get saved has, a, has an influence on how you live. You see, I got saved through encountering the Spirit of God for four nights. That had an influence on my Christian lifestyle, what I loved. And a subject I really am passionate about was the Holy Spirit. I got saved and the Holy Spirit really touched me. And straight in, I knew I'd been saved. The next day, I took my Bible up to MacArthur Glen. Bam. Let's get this Bible. Let's, let's sift through it. First book I got, my mum and dad brought me a book by Phil Pringle on knowing the Spirit. And... You know, ever since that, I've been practicing the Spirit of God in my life. And, uh, you know, for a year or so, I, had, I actually had my biggest encounters with the Spirit in my bedroom. And I wanted to know about this Holy Spirit. I wanted to keep practicing the presence of God. And I want to tell you something. Do not be freaked out by the Holy Spirit. Everything from God is good. God the Father... Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, it has connotations. If you say you believe in God, I think people can accept that. If you say you believe in Jesus, that can be very offensive. If you talk about the Holy Spirit, people can get a bit spooked out by it. Okay? And what I will say, church, even if we are Christians, we need to understand what the Holy Spirit is. And why it is present in the current days. Okay? And, you know, in Luke 3.16, it talks about the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist has prepared the way. John knew his mission. John was the best man. He was preparing the way for the groom, which was Jesus. And John was baptizing with water. But Jesus would come and baptize with power and fire through the Holy Spirit. And we need that. Okay, and there was a dynamic to this. You know, and it says in, John, uh, in Luke 3.16, John answered everyone, I baptize you with water, but there is one who, who is coming that is greater than I am. I am not good enough to untie his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire goes on to 21 when all the people were being baptized by john jesus was also baptized while jesus was praying heaven opened and the holy spirit come down on him in the form of a dove then a voice come from heaven saying you are my son whom i love and i am very pleased with you things started to change when the dynamic of the spirit hit town jesus was casting out demons. Jesus was going into a place with authority and know what he'd been sent for and declaring that the Son of Man had come. It was a change in the atmosphere. Now, along the way, Jesus had chosen and people had followed him and he'd chosen his disciples. Now, Jesus, being close to them, obviously taught them 
and physically they saw what he was doing. So you're going to be mesmerized when people are being raised from the dead. You're going to be mesmerized when the sick are being healed. And you're going to catch some of that. Now, it all changes. You see, what I get about the disciples is there was very normal people. In fact, at times, there was very, how can I say it, a bit stupid, really. Because Jesus was telling them certain things. He was telling them what was to come, what was to happen, and yet they still didn't get it. Jesus was saying, okay, this is what's going to happen. It's been prophesied that I will come. It's been prophesied that I'll get crucified. It's been prophesied that the Spirit of God will take my place. Because I follow a guy called Todd White who's in ministry. And he put it like this. He said, the earth now couldn't hold two forms of the Trinity. He said, when Jesus went to heaven, Jesus and the Holy Spirit couldn't be here at the same time because heaven is too powerful for earth. So Jesus had to go for the Spirit to come. As Jesus went and got crucified, resurrected on the third day, Jesus come back for 40 days and was telling people what had happened. And he said to the disciples and the prophets, okay, my instruction is that the Holy Spirit will come. But if we look at what Peter did, okay, Peter denied Jesus. Peter walked with Jesus, yet he denied him prior to crucifixion. Now, you then turn to Acts 2. And this is the major new agreement and covenant of God and the new age, is that as Jesus got crucified and resurrected, Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem in the upper room. Now, as that come to pass, it says here in uh, Acts 1.6, when the apostles were all together, they asked Jesus, Lord, are you now going to give the kingdom back to Israel? Jesus said to him, the Father is the only one who has the authority to decide dates and times. These things are not for you to know. And then he says this, but when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive power. And let me tell you something. We need power. We need the Spirit of God in our lives to do what God wants us to do. We cannot do it in our own strength. You know, at times I've lived my life where I just want to impress God. God's not out for us to impress Him. What impresses God is faith. That is the only thing that pleases God. The Holy Spirit is the helper. Why would we need a helper if we could do it ourselves? To lead a big life, we need to be in contact with the Spirit daily. We need to be saying, God, fill me again. God, renew me again. God, your strength is far outweighs mine. Okay? And what happened? So two weeks before, Peter, cowardly, is saying, he's denying Jesus. Okay, but then we look in Acts 2, when the Spirit comes in the upper room, 
on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place. A noise like a strong blowing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They, some, they saw something like flames of fire that were separated and stood over each piece, person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak different languages by the power the Spirit was giving them. What happens after? Peter, the guy that obviously denied Jesus, gets the power of the Spirit in him, and boldness comes on him, and 3,000 people get saved in a day. That's the power of the Spirit. We need the Spirit in our lives. You know, I drive by Mansfield today, and I drive by the, the big pub. It concerns me that there's more people in the pub on a Sunday than there is in the church. Without the Spirit of God, it's not going to change the dynamics. Okay, I work, in, I work with young people, and I get overwhelmed. Last week, I know a girl who I, who I grew up with, 23-year-old girl, and she's got a six-year-old young lad, and eight of them are smoking weed around a six-year-old lad. And I'm thinking, what's going off? How's things going to change? And social services ain't going to change the dynamics. The power of God is going to change dynamics. But we need to wake up to the Spirit of God in our lives. If we want to dream them dreams, if we want to do those big things, we can't do it without the Spirit of God in our lives. We can't take the step back. We have to take the step forward. In our own insecurities and worthlessness, God says you're worthy. God says... In my strength, you can do the things that I've ordained you to do. But we have to get in line with God's will. You see, why I say chasing the wind and, ch- and, and chasing the fire is, you know, if you were to look in the Bible on a big life, let me tell you a big life. You know, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Ecclesiastes. It's on, it's on Solomon. I've read that book. Numerous times, I don't know why, it just gets me and gets me and gets me. Now, let me tell you something. In worldly terms, Solomon's the man. Solomon is your Richard Branson, your Steve Jobs, all in one. Everything. If Solomon was living today, it'd be on Piers Morgan stories. It'd be on X Factor on the panel. Yeah? It'd be in the media 24-7. He was a celebrity. He was the man. But let me tell you something. He was just chasing the wind. Do you know why? Because he was never in line with the will of God. He was never in line. He could have been a fantastic king in the Bible. But he strayed away from God and the will of God. And he did his own thing. Solomon, it says, had, well, he had 700 wives. don't know how he managed that. 300 mistresses. He planted his own vineyards. He had building after building. He had comedians come to his house because thought, oh, I'll start laughing. That'll get me going. He had everything he wanted, the Bible says. But still, when he gets to the end of his life, he says these words. Now everything that has been heard, I give my final advice. Honor God and obey commands. Because this is all people must do. God will judge everything, even what is done in secret, the good 
and the evil. Now listen, Solomon lived a better life, okay, in worldly terms than any of us could live because he said he could add anything. But he didn't have God. Yet he said at the end of his life that through all the wasting of his life that the only thing that counts is God. Let me ask you a question today. Are you in line with the will of God? Because if you're not, you're chasing the wind. You're wasting days. You're wasting years upon years with not being in the will of God. How do we know what the will of God is? We get passionate for God. We get passionate for the Spirit. We ask for more of the Spirit in our lives. We come to Tuesday Bible study. We come to prayer meetings. We get in our room and say, God, I want more of your Spirit. Empty me. Empty my flesh and fill me up with Spirit. That's what it needs to be. You know, I've wrestled with this for the last year. Where I have to switch away. I think I've been a Christian for six years. How many people have I influenced? How many people have I brought to God? How many dreams have I dreamed? You know, how many people have I touched in university? When I went into university, I thought I'd save it. Yeah, I thought, no, I'll do it next month. I'll do it next month. And we wrestle with these things over time. And what I want to say to us tonight is, chase the fire of God. Do not chase the wind. Because them days will leave you empty. The one thing the enemy wants you to do is waste days and waste your life. And God says, catch some of my fire. Even if you think you can't do it, God says, get with the Holy Spirit and let him lead you and guide you in paths that you need to be going along. So I'll just challenge you with that tonight. Are you chasing the wind or are you chasing the fire? Thank you. Thank you, Jared. And uh, we uh, reminded there, in terms of uh, living big, that we need the Spirit of God. And uh, this church is unashamedly a church that wants to pursue the Spirit of God in our lives. We understand there's context, and uh, we understand uh, all, all of those things. But we just thank God that uh, we want to press into him that people this year have come into a freshness of his spirit, that people have prophesied for the first time, have prayed for people to be healed for the first time, have reached out to God. And uh, we want to do that more and more. So we're reminded again tonight uh, to be a people uh, that are full of the Spirit. And uh, you say, well, I've not even come to Jesus. Well, the Spirit of God's working on you right now to do just that, and he'll bless you. So we're going to go straight into our second message. Nathan's been with us, Nathan Butcher has been with us since last autumn. Uh, uh, and uh, it's been really great to have Nathan around. He also gives some time voluntarily to the church, and we appreciate all of that and the heart that he brings and Nathan's going to come and bring the second message tonight. So why don't we welcome him? Thank you. Good evening, church. You doing okay? Wasn't that a great message from Jazz? Let's give him a, a round of applause again. Um, I have to say, you know... It, uh, doing the second part of a message like that, it's, it's, it's a bit hard because I'm, I'm still thinking of what uh, Jazz is saying and obviously uh, I'm bringing up something 
new, but it's on the same theme. So just to continue over, obviously, we're looking at a, a big life. And for me, I just thought the best way uh, to teach you about a big life would just be to talk about some of the things that I've learned. You know, share some of the experiences I've had, uh, share some of the things that I felt God has really uh, shown me in this, this whole area, because it's, it's such a big challenge. Do you agree with me? Uh, so let's firstly turn to Mark chapter 8, uh, verse 34 to 35. I believe it should be coming on the screens in a second. So it says, Mark chapter 8, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now, I don't know how many of you um, really know that much about me, but uh, basically I, I graduated from Bible college last year. Uh, I just felt that God was really challenging me to, the, the next step in my development was to, to go to Bible college, learn more about the Bible, learn more about me, uh, learn more about God. And to be honest, it, I think it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Uh, because the thing is about Bible college, it, it challenges you to uh, better yourself. It challenges you uh, to, to grow spiritually. And my first year of uh, Bible college, it was great. Uh, I learned some great things. I had a great time and met some great people. But to be honest, I came at the end of my first year out of the three. And I just felt, you know, where am I going? I just thought, you know, my life, it's going okay. You know, I, I wasn't doing anything like particularly bad or... Um, you know, I, I wasn't doing anything, I wasn't like, you know, getting drunk or, you know, doing any silly things basically, but I was just thinking, my life's a bit ordinary. And I went through the summer and I came to the end of the summer, I was just thinking, God, I just want something more. I don't want an ordinary life. I don't want to go through this life and think, you know, I'm just, I do an ordinary things and, you know, I, I, I see, I work a standard job and, just go throughout my life without seeing God move in my life and God use me. So what happened was, at the beginning of my second year, I, I made this decision. I came to God and I said, God, I want you to use me. I said, God, I've, I've lived my life for you. I've lived in church. I've been in church all my life. Uh, I've, I've, been a, I've been a son of a minister. Uh, I've, I've learned lots of facts. Uh, I've known loads of things in my head, but God... I want you to move in my heart. And I said, God, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. I said, God, move me. Uh, Take anything away from my character that needs to be taken away. Uh, Chop anything off of me. I said, God, I do not care what it takes, but God, I want you to move in my life. I want you to make me the best that I can be. I want to be the the best witness for you. I want to be more like you than I've ever been before. And basically what I did for a couple of weeks, I, I, I got on my knees and I made this pledge to Jesus every day. I said, Lord, whatever it takes, just move in me. Whatever it takes, uh, just change me. Whatever it takes, uh, give me a big life for you. Not for me, but for you. You see, what happened at that moment is that I found that God started to move in me that like ways I've never experienced before. See, at that moment, I was insecure, um, I was naive, um, I was silly, I thought I knew everything. But what happened at that point is that God started to, to carve things away at me. 
that actually God started to challenge the things in my heart. He started to challenge, what are you secure in? See, I was secure in doing all these things. Uh, I, I did loads of stuff at church, you know. Uh, I helped out, I welcome in, uh, uh, I spoke to loads of different people, I helped with the young people, uh, I did worship. And the thing was, I found a security in doing all those things. But the thing is, I didn't find a security in God, in a relationship with God. And what happened was, is God drew me closer. Uh, I started spending more time with him. I, I started reading my Bible more. I started praying more. I started seeking after God. And I'll tell you, tell you what, that was, um, to be honest, it was a, a very hard year for me. Because God challenged me more than I'd ever been challenged before. But I tell you now, uh, if I wouldn't have made that decision that then, I would be at a different stage now. I wouldn't have been at this church. I would have made wrong decisions. I would have gone for something too early. And I probably would have crashed and burned, to be honest. But the, the defining factor, I say, for me is that I surrendered my life to God. And this is the, the main point that I, I just want to bring to you today. A big life... Is, uh, is one that is surrendered to God. So if you want a big life for God, if you want to live something great for God, if you want to see God use you, if you want to see uh, your area change, if you want to see your workplace change, your school change, then you need to surrender yourself to God. And I know this is the thing, it sounds easy. Like, I can speak about it now, yeah, just, just surrender your life to God. But it's, it's a hard process. Because what happens a lot of the time is we think we surrender our lives to God, but we don't. So what happens is, um, we come to church and we hear a good message, and then we just take life as it comes in the midweek. You know, maybe I'll read a little bit of Bible here and there, or maybe I'll think about God for 10 minutes or whatever. But the thing is, God asks for all of our life. Never do you find Jesus say, um, to follow me, you need to uh, think about me and do the things that I do one day a week. Do you ever find anything like that in the Bible? No? So let's, let's look back at this passage, passage again. Mark chapter 8 verses, uh, let's just look at verse 35. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. You see, a big life in God is a life that is given completely over to God. I just want to ask that question of you tonight. And I can think of um, some interesting situations that I've been in in the last few years. And uh, for those of you who know me, and I've, I've got one of my friends here with me from Bible College, uh, I had a bit of a reputation at Mattersea. And uh, that reputation was for getting injured. Uh, so I think in my whole, the whole time I was at Mattersea, I went to A&E five times in three years. Um, luckily, since then, I haven't been to the hospital since. Uh, so I... I don't, it was a bit of a strange situation, really. So uh, in my first year, I torn ligaments in my right ankle. In my second year, I torn ligaments in my left ankle. Um, in my third year, I uh, was wrestling with one of my friends, uh, just being a bit silly. And uh, basically, he, um, he knocked me, and I, I hit my head on the corner of, like, a cabinet. And I've, I've still got a scar there. Um, but, yeah, can I have an R? Oh, thank that you're very sympathetic. Thank you. That's lovely. Um, um, but the thing is, uh, I can remember one week in particular, uh, which was very defining for my life. And it was, uh, it was the in my third year, and it was the 
the first day back um, after the Christmas holiday. Uh, basically, what had happened, I'd come back to college and uh, I was just sitting in my room Sunday night, sitting in my bed, and I was just thinking about things in my head, and I was thinking, God, I just want to see you moving me more. I just want to see, as Jared was saying, the Spirit moving me more. Spirit, I, I need more of you in my life. Uh, God, I want to have more intense moments with you. And uh, I woke up the next morning as normal. We had, we had chapel services, so I went to a service and came out of there with one of my friends. And um, we were being a bit silly, and he gave me a piggyback, and uh, he started running. Uh, you know what's coming, don't you? Uh, and then basically he tripped over, and I fell over the top of him and uh, kind of dislocated my, this bone in my shoulder here. Um, and basically, it was, it was very, very painful. Just, uh, and uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, basically, um, what happened was, because it's not a, a socket joint, is that uh, you're supposed to have an operation on it, basically. Uh, I didn't have it happen for various reasons. Uh, but it was a, a, a bad time because uh, a lot of the things that I was doing at the moment, I couldn't do. So I couldn't play guitar. I couldn't write. I couldn't even cut my own food up or do anything. And that's why I sympathize a bit with Chris at the moment. I'm sure he's loving this uh, focus at the moment. But uh, basically, I, I'd done my shoulder in and I was thinking, what's happening? I was just saying this to God last night and I've just had this really bad injury. Um, but then I thought, you know, I started thinking a bit more optimistic. And basically that weekend, uh, we had a, a road show. So at Mattersy, every so often, a, a group of you will go to a different church and do ministry there. And I'd organized this road show to go to my mom and dad's church in Birmingham. And uh, I got the team together and we were organized and ready. And we were in the car on the way there, really excited just to go home and get a bit of motherly love because I've been feeling a bit sorry for myself. And um, basically on on that journey, we were driving along, having a great time. And um, the driver wasn't focusing completely and uh, we're driving 50 miles an hour and we come up to a tight corner, you can't brake in time. So we go straight into this hedge. The car's absolutely smashed. Uh, we're just sitting on the roadside thinking, what's, what's happening here? Um, and somehow we managed to drive back to Mattersea. That was uh, a bit of a miracle in itself because the, the wheels weren't actually attached to the car. We found out afterwards. Um, <laughs> but basically, you think, you know, this is a bit of a, why are you telling a story like this? But... I basically realized, a lot of time we can, we can say things like this to God. You know, God, I want more of you in my life. God, I want you to move in, in me. But God asks the question back to us, how much are you ready to commit to me? See, it's easy to follow Jesus. It's easy to do the right thing when everything's going right, when everything's rosy, when you're having a great time, when uh, everything around you firm. But when some of your most favorite things are taken away from you, when you lose some of your favorite things to do, what are you like? I just want to ask that question tonight. In your hardest moments, when you're feeling at your, your most low, what are you like? See, we are in a church. We're believing for a group of followers that rises together, that says whatever happens, whatever situation, whatever we go through, we're going to follow Jesus. That whatever we do, whatever we go through, that we have the rock that is Jesus in our life. I just want to challenge you tonight. What are you surrendering to? Are you surrendering your life to Jesus? Because a big life is a life that is surrendered to God. 
See, I believe there may be some people here tonight that even you've been going around the same issue for years and years. One of the things that stuck out to me so, so much at the beginning of this year was something that Christian said in one of our services. said, we cannot go around the same mountains. I just want to challenge you tonight. What are you struggling with? Because the thing is, if you do not surrender your life to God, you'll go around the same problem again and again and again and again. And I know because that was what my life was like. I went around the same problems. I never changed. I never really went fully into God. I just want to encourage you tonight. It's a fantastic life. It's an adventure. You know, it's, it's not always rosy, but it's, it's definitely the best decision I've made. And I look back on that second year, that decision, I just say, thank you, Lord, that, I'm, that I said that to you today. And it's, and it's not over yet. That's the thing. It's a daily decision. It's something that you have to do every day. And just as we're coming to the end of the service, and if the band would just like to get ready and come up, I'd just like to, to challenge you on that whole aspect of surrender. Are you really surrendering your, your whole life to God? See, I, I think we really know in our hearts when we're giving everything to God. We like to compartmentalize things. We like to separate things. But God wants every area of your life. He wants to move in your life. And you see, the Holy Spirit wants to move in your heart. And he wants to mold you and shape you and make you even better. And the Holy Spirit can't do that unless you surrender and give everything back to God so just as we're bowing your heads and just close your eyes and just have a think in this moment and I'm not going to ask anyone to come out or anything like that but I want you just to have a personal moment with, with God right here right now see the thing is I think we all know in our heart where we go we know if we've surrendered our life or if we haven't And right now in this moment, if you felt God speaking to you tonight, if you feel, yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying, yes, maybe I do need to surrender my life to God, then I want you just to have a conversation with God right now, in your heart. Just say to God, use me. Take my life. Take my heart. Change anything you need to change in my life. Speak to me, move me, mold me, use me. Just invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. Invite the Holy Spirit right now just to move in your life. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you gave everything for us. We thank you, Lord, that you surrendered your life for us. Lord, I pray, Lord, tonight that we'd all be stirred to give our lives surrendered over to you. Lord, that we'd throw everything aside and we'd just focus everything on following you. Lord, we make that declaration tonight. We are surrendered to you. Work in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. We invite you into our lives. We ask of you, Holy Spirit, to mold us, shape us, convict us. Do what you need to do in our lives, Lord, we pray.